Welcome to the Next Level Life podcast with Christine Corcoran, where I talk all things mindset, motivation, and entrepreneurship. Each week, I will endeavor to bring you a new episode with a thought, insight, or interview with an inspiring thought leader or successful business owner, all about taking your life and business to the next level. Each episode is designed to open up your mind to a new perspective and inspire you to live your life with purpose and passion. Ready to get started? Let's go. Welcome to episode 65 of the Next Level Life podcast, Confessions of a Misfit Entrepreneur with Kate Toon. Kate Toon is an award-winning SEO copywriter and SEO consultant. With over two decades of experience in all things advertising, digital, and writing, she has worked with big brands such as eHarmony, Qrash, and Kmart. And she has helped countless small business owners to produce great content, improve their copywriting and SEO to find success in business. Kate recently published her popular business book, The Confessions of a Misfit Entrepreneur, and is the host of two podcast shows, Hot Copy, The Secrets of Successful Copywriters, and The Recipe for SEO podcast. Originally from the UK and now based at just outside Sydney, Kate is also the founder of the Clever Copywriting School and the Recipe for SEO Success eCourse, and is the founder of the Copywriting Conference, Australia's first dedicated copywriting conference. In today's episode, we covered so many fun topics, including authenticity versus planning for social media, content marketing, time versus money in your business, public speaking is not necessarily about the information that you deliver, staying inspired in your business, sales, it's really just having great conversations, and selling without sleaze, key tips to writing great copy, dealing with competitors, creating passive products, and letting go of what others think and just being real. This is such a fun episode. I guarantee you're going to laugh and you're going to get some amazing value. So let's jump straight in. Well, welcome to the podcast, Kate. I'm so excited to get into this conversation today. Hurrah! I'm very excited to be here. Sorry, there was a bit of a pause there, but I was like, yes, it's good to be here. Hello. (laughs) Oh, so pumped. So I was literally just saying to you, like, I've literally been down the whole vortex of everything that Kate Toon is all about. And I'm so excited and um, impressed and just blown away with everything that you do and everything that your business encompasses. So just to get started, could you just tell us a little bit about your journey of becoming an entrepreneur and how that's been happening for the last however many, I don't want to put years on it, but however many years that's been. <laughs> it's been, it's literally been about 10 years. I should, I should work that out. I'm sure LinkedIn will send me a reminder to tell me at some point, but yeah, it's been about 10 years and the first five or six, I was a copywriter purely focusing on doing SEO copywriting for big brands around Australia and around the world. And that went really well. Like I was, I was doing pretty well. I was earning decent money, but you know, there's only so many hours in the week and you get to the point where you can only charge so much. And I realized that that, was going to limit not so much my earning potential, but my freedom. Like, you know, I I had to work all the hours I had to make the money that I needed to earn. So about seven years ago, I decided to start looking into, you know, multiple income sources and passive income. (laughs) Um, I'll talk about that a bit more, I'm sure. But, you know, so that's when I went down the route of setting up other businesses. Um, I set up the Clever Copywriting School, which teaches copywriters how to be better copywriters, and the Recipe for SEO Success, which teaches small business owners and solopreneurs how to get to grips with Google. And then from there, 
other things popped up, podcasts, books, courses, memberships, shops, you name it, speaking, blah, 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 conferences, uh, events, workshops, um, and it's all kind of snowballed. And I'm stuck in the vortex of Kate Toon, as we said before. At least you can, at least you can get out again, but I can't. So <laughs> pity me, pity me. So what would you say the best part of your week is? I love doing, I love doing podcasts like this. I love chatting to other business owners, making connections. For me, this year has really been about, you know, making connections with other business people and finding friends and common interests. So I love that. I love speaking. I've spoken at 37 events this year, wow. which I did. I know it's insane, but it was a deliberate strategy to get over my fear and to actually get to the point where I love it. Like I enjoy it. I get like, get up on stage. Like I'm, like I'm Beyonce, you know, and strut my stuff. And you should have seen me two years ago. I kind of shuffled on stage shaking. Um, so yeah, I think, I think speaking, speak, I love the sound of my own voice, Christine. It's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> but I think too, you have so much value to offer. When I saw you speak at an event here in Brisbane, it was, you know, love it how you bring all the humor into it. And I love it how you're just real, but you still add a lot of value. Is that something that you are really focused on? Yeah, I mean, I, I loathe going to see speakers or listening to podcasts where it's all just abstract fluff and nonsense. I really like to get into the nitty gritty. I like to be very honest about my failures and, and my successes and, and the literal how I did it. Like, you know, I think a lot of entrepreneurs, they kind of show the magic trick. And really what you want to see is how they did the magic trick. Mm. Um, but to do that, you've got to pay for their seven figure course, you know, and I don't want to do that. So I feel like I have enough knowledge that I can give a fair chunk of it away and there's still going to be more you know I'm not going to run out do you know what I mean and you know it's not going to by me helping other people and sharing my knowledge it's not going to stop people buying from me or using me or wanting my services there's enough to go around you know and and the humor and stuff is I just think people take business very seriously and take themselves very seriously and if you if you're not you won't have video of this, so you should see the state of me today. Like literally I look like I've been dragged through a hedge. It's just, you know, we're not all polished, beautiful, competent beings. Most of us are struggling. And I just think that honesty is it's reassuring, to be honest. Yeah. And real. Absolutely. And real. Yeah. And I love how you said that because it's something that you were saying how um that you don't necessarily have to know all the answers and, you know, figure it out along the way. But I love it how you consistently add lots of value. And so many people are so scared to do that early on in their journey. When you have, do you have, often have people ask you that? Like, you know, I don't want to give away too much because then people won't pay for what I'm going to give them. How do you yeah, I, that? I mean, look, I think at the end of the day, um, most everything we need to know is on the Google, you know, like someone's selling an Instagram course, telling you how to do this. I just, all I, if I really wanted to find that out, I could read 50 blog posts and I'd know probably as much as the person. Um, but the difference is, is, is the lived experience. I think that really does help. Um, and also, you know, even if you tell someone how to do a thing, most people don't want to do it themselves. They can't be bothered, you know? So, There'll always be people who want your services. And look, there will be a small percentage of people who will take your free stuff, your advice, your knowledge, and they will never buy from you. You know, just they just never will. But you can't run your business worrying about those people. Mm. And funnily enough, you know, I, I have a group on Facebook where I give SEO tips. And I see people join that group. And some of them have been there for years and ask me 
literally hundreds of questions and never bought a thing. And it almost, you know, a couple of years ago, I got to the point where I was like, I'm going to delete them out of the group. This is not on. This is not fair. And then whenever I've had that thought, the next round, they've bought the big course. Not me, wow. I haven't said anything, but sometimes it takes people like two, three, four years to get to the position where they have the time, the money, the inclination to work with you. I've even had people send me emails going, finally, I have something I can work on you with. I've been following you for two years and now I need new co this for this. You know what I mean? And yeah. that people are waiting. So yeah, I'd never be afraid about giving too much away. My only advice would be focus more on the what and the why and maybe keep a little bit of the how back. Yeah. So I talk a lot about what SEO is, why it's important, where you should be doing it, but the how keep a little bit of that back because that's my expertise. So, you know, you can talk a lot around your subject without giving away all your secrets. Mm. But there's just something about that. How isn't it? Isn't it funny how all the information is there, but people still want someone else to do it for them or they still need their hand held as they do it. Oh, they need it explained in a different way. I read some stat that said people need to hear something seven times before it goes into their brain. And, you know, maybe they've read a blog post. I mean, can't tell you how many blog posts I've read about Instagram, for example. None of it's stuck in my head. I've got folders full of articles that I intend to read. And then, you know, you have a 10-minute chat with an expert and they tell you one or two things and you implement those one or two things and that's the difference. Because sometimes it's not about what you need to do it's like if i could only do one thing what should i do because really i've only got time to do one thing and then what's the next thing so it's the order the priority and the impact that i think you can really get help from from an expert you know so yeah absolutely so tell us a little bit about how you have created the success in your business and you mentioned before that it's literally without paying for much advertising at all yeah so i, I i'm i'm sort of strangely against paying for ads. I don't know why. Uh, I have done a little bit of Google remarketing and I tried one Facebook campaign about three years ago for my, for my course. But even then it was a re somebody who, who the one person who bought from that campaign was already on my list. So they're already my customer. So I kind of yeah. felt a bit like, well, that's not fair. I would have got them anyway. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so it's, I just, I don't particularly like spending money. It's not that I'm tight, but like, I'm like, well, you know, and every round I run the course, I'm like, this is the round where I'm going to have to pay for ads because surely I've tapped out my audience now. I've, there's no one left. But, and so this round, I actually got someone to set up some Google ads and some remarketing. And on the morning I launched my course, I emailed them and said, yeah, you can set it going. And then by the time they emailed me back, I'd already sold out. So Whoa. it was like, boom, you know, and I, I it's cancel, a good cancel. <laughs> cancel. And you know, what it does, I think is it, it's actually a story that helps my brand because I built my business on SEO and content marketing and I'm teaching people how to do SEO and content marketing. If I was getting people on my course by paying thousands of dollars for ads, it would kind of negate what I'm trying to sell. Do you know what I mean? So it's almost the proof of my pudding. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's been interesting. It's pretty much all through SEO. That's how I built it. And now very much Facebook, social media, Facebook groups. That's where I put my focus these days. Hmm. What's hmm. your focus when it comes to content marketing? <laughs> uh, I don't have focus when it comes to content marketing. So I'm not a planner. Um, I don't have any kind of content marketing strategy. I don't have a plan. I don't map out my Instagram posts for the next 60 days. I don't batch. I don't know what I'm going to blog about next week. I have no idea what I'm doing next month. I really just do what I feel like doing on the day because surely that's the joy, the joy of what we do. I mean, I have themes. I talk about copywriting and SEO. I have a, 
tone of voice and I have values. So, but they're all just me, which means I don't have to refer to some brand guideline to think about what I'm going to post because I just post whatever comes into my head. And I very don't worry too much about, you know, if this post doesn't go off, who cares? The next one might. I just, I just don't care. I just, I mean, if you look, you've been in the vortex, you'll see that it's quite sporadic. Like some days I'll post 20 things, the next day nothing. I'll post a really great SEO tip. Then the next five posts will be pictures of my dog. And it all seems to, it just all seems to work. I don't know how. Um, but I think it, I, I sound like I'm clueless, but I do know how. It's because it's, it, it's that word, I'm going to do air fingers. It's authentic and real. And, um, you know, I think people can tell, they can see the enthusiasm in what I do. I love social media. I love talking to people online and um, having a gig or having some banter, sharing useful stuff, but silly stuff. And, um, and I think that enthusiasm and positivity comes through and that's what makes it work. It's, it's inconsistent. It's a bit messy. I make a lot of spelling mistakes, but the, the vibe is good, you know? Because I think people's bullshit meter is just so, <laughs> like, it's so attuned now, like, because we're so sick of being sold to. We're so sick of, you can really read the post that people have spent so long putting together and I can't even deal with reading a post that's longer than three paragraphs. So I'm just like... You put way too much time into it. I can't even deal. And sometimes like with our events that we do, um, the girl that I run them with, she'll do the posts. And sometimes they're so long. I'm like, dude, I didn't even want to read that. <laughs> yeah, I know. I mean, I'll admit, like I write some of my best posts uh, when I'm cooking in the evening and I'm having a glass of wine and I'll write them and, and, and they come out really well because I'm, I'm not in business mode. I'm in a different mode. My brain slipped sideways a little bit. And yes, obviously I read them in the, the next morning and they're full of typos, but the, the message is there. The, and those ones go down really, really well. The ones where I give a really amazingly useful SEO tip with insight and stats, tumbleweeds. No one clicks on them. No one likes them. I think, you know, and especially on Facebook, I don't know if we're necessarily there to learn um, or even be sold to. I think mm. we're there to have a good time. I think we're there to have a good time and make mates, make friends. You know, go to LinkedIn if you want to learn stuff. It's boring as hell. Um, but, you know, and if you really want to learn stuff, you do a course, you read a blog. But Facebook, I think, is just about interaction and having fun and being memorable. I think mm. that's really it's important. procrastination tool. <laughs> mm. Yeah, but it works, you know. It works. It works. Awesome. So tell me, at what point in your business did you figure that you needed to stop working towards time versus money? Uh, I think it's something I'm still... I'm still working on. So last year I had like an amazing, amazing year. I'm not very good at maths, but I, I earned five times as much as the year before. So it was a huge leap for me. And, um, and it was really unsatisfactory. That sounds really bad, doesn't it? Like for years, you know, I'd be like, I need to crack this figure. Why I made that figure up. I don't know. It's just a random figure. And then you, you crack it and you realize that an awful lot of that money doesn't actually come back to you because you know, even though I'm a limited company and I do profit first and split my money up, you know, it's not like I'm out buying a Lamborghini and um, it'd be pointless if I did cause I can't drive. But anyway, um, <laughs> and it was, it was like, okay, great. I made some money. Now what, mm. you know? And so I think this year it's been more about, I really want to enjoy my life a little bit more, my, my business life and my personal life. I love my business. I'm not one of these people who's like, you know, you've got to work to live, not live to work. I love my business. I love coming into my office. I love what I do. And I've no shame about that. But lots of what I did was quite boring. So this year, I've spent a lot of time traveling, speaking at events, running workshops, networking, 
does it make me oodles of money? No. Do I enjoy it? Yes. And it's, I wanted to tip that balance a bit more. So I'm probably still spending the same amount of time. I'm probably still going to make similar money, but I just wanted to up the enjoyment levels. I wanted to have some mm. fun because otherwise I may as well go and work for the man, you know, like, yeah. so it's the fun levels that I'm trying to increase. Yeah. That's awesome. That's a great perspective to have. Like, yeah. otherwise, why the hell are we even here? Like, I know. And the thing is, it's a luxury. And, you know, speaking at events is an expensive business because you don't often get paid. You know, maybe you get your travel cover cost, you know, covered um, your hotel. Sometimes you get a fee, but very rarely. And, you know, even when I run workshops, I don't charge the earth. I'm not making gazillion dollars, mm. but it's just exciting, isn't it? To go to another city, stay in a nice hotel, meet lots of new people, share your knowledge, get that feedback, get that face-to-face -face interaction. I love it. Mm. Um, it's been great this year. I've really enjoyed it. Mm. That's awesome. So what, yeah. have you, what have you learned about yourself during that journey of, of um, public speaking? Um, a lot, actually. I mean, that's why I deliberately did so much because I wanted to be able to walk on stage and just feel super confident. You know, I wanted to not agonize and get bad tummy the night before thinking about my presentation. And, um, you know, I've learned that you will get heckled. I've been heckled a few times. I've been asked questions that I actually had no idea what the answer was. And it was, it's okay. It's fine that you get through it. Um, and, you know, I've learned that people don't really understand what, a lot of people don't understand what public speaking is about. They try and disseminate as much information as possible. They're like, they're like, I've got to make people take loads of this information in and their slides are covered in bullets and text. It's a performance. Mm. It's a performance speaking. And some people, people will walk away with maybe one or two things that they remember from your actual presentation, but people are there to be entertained. They are there to be educated, but honestly, if we want to be educated, we'll read a blog post, we'll do an online course. I'm at an event. I need some pizzazz. I want someone on stage who doesn't cling to the lectern and mm -hmm. read their notes. I want someone who leaps about a bit, makes a joke, makes it fun, has engaging slides. I think that's what I've realized, that it, it is a performance. And it's not about the presentation. Like, the presentation is 30 minutes, but I'm at the event for two full days it's everything else that I do at the event that makes the difference you know who I get drunk with at the after party who I sit next to at lunch what you know who I bump into who I talk to so that's the real benefit I think and I think people don't see that that's the real benefit mm. Does that make so, sense? True. so true <laughs> yeah. so what would you say one of your biggest challenges has been over the last 10 years I think the challenges have changed um you know early years it was having a baby I started my business when I was five months pregnant so the first year I was you know food feeding and with one arm and typing with the other and then a lot a lot of financial difficulties you know I got in debt with the tax office I had that whole feast of famine thing going on of having lots of money then no money then lots of money then no money um dealing with difficult clients for a long time and I thought, great, when I stop being a copywriter, I'll have no clients. But what I've done is exchange four clients a month with two, two and a half thousand clients in different courses and whatever. So, and now I think it's, it's what my friend Kelly Exeter calls summit syndrome. Um, not that I'm, you know, hugely, fabulously successful, but I've kind of ticked off everything I wanted to do. Like I, I've got to the top of the mountain and either I create another mountain to climb or I sit on this existing mountain or I climb back down. I don't know. So it's a bit like now it's like, what next? You know, cause I'm the sort of person who needs a carrot on the end of their stick. Otherwise the stick just becomes a stick to beat yourself with. So mm. I'm, I'm searching for my next carrot right now. That's, that's what, that's what my current issue is. Do you find yourself, 
do you really struggle on finishing things or is it something that you love starting things or is it the maintaining that you struggle with? I think I'm pretty, no one likes finishing things. Let's be honest. We all love starting them. Um, but I'm pretty good at forcing myself to complete things. For me, it's, it's the maintenance. So for example, I have this big SEO course. There's a hundred videos, there's 40 worksheets, a hundred videos and the problem with SEO is it changes um, and it's changed quite a lot in the last year the whole ethos has shifted the whole mentality has shifted so it's not like I can replace individual videos where there's a character count wrong or a button in the wrong place it's like I need to change the voice of the whole course so I am not looking forward to that that's what I'll be spending my January doing and I will do my time and I will sit there and I will remake all those videos because then that pays for me to enjoy the rest of the year if you see what I mean. Because once it's built, once it's done, I sell it three times a year. That's the majority of my income. I make all, pretty much all my income on three days of the year. Um, so it's worth the effort. But, mm. Yeah. And then maintaining it. And, and the analogy I use is, you know, like if you're a pop star and you, you got famous for singing this number one song and every time you turn up at a gig, that's what people want to hear. And you're like, yeah, but I've got all this new material, my new album. No one cares. They want to hear that song. <laughs> And sometimes I do get a bit like, I can't talk about SEO anymore. Um, but it, it, I give myself a break. I'm talking a lot about conversion copywriting and sales paging, pages this year. And then I can come back to SEO again because it gets boring, you know, doing the same thing every day. So. And I heard you talk actually at the last event that I saw you at about sales and how much you actually love sales. Mm. What is it about sales that you love or about the conversion writing that you love? Well, I, I think a lot of people are put off sales because they think it's sleazy and like American infomercially and, you know, big claims and, oh, my God, this is the best course ever. But really, for me, it's about having conversations and really understanding what makes your customers tick and then writing really conversational copy. Like I love to write as I talk slightly better than I talk because for some reason I sound a bit cockney in this interview. I don't know why. I'm, I'm not from <laughs> London. Um, I, I just love making that connection. There's a, I'm a copywriter at heart. I love being able to put together, you know, when you put together a beautiful sentence, you read that back and you go, oh, oh, that was a good sentence. Or, oh, that was a good joke. I love that. Um, so, you know, that's what I'm trying to focus on at the moment, teaching people how to sell without feeling like they're being sleazy, like they're lying, like they're over-promising. Because you're not. Really, when someone hits your sales page, all they're looking for is reassurance reassurance that the decision they're about to make is the right one reassurance mm. that the money they're going to spend is going to be well spent and you can reassure them because you believe in what you're as long as you believe in what you're selling and you think that you're offering something good then all you're doing is explaining that to someone who wants to hear and when you take that approach it becomes a conversation not a pitch you know mm. i think pitching is where people are trapped in a room being sold to and they don't want to be you know proper conversion copywriter is chatting someone through their objections, their fears, and just explaining them away and helping them feel better about the decision that they already kind of want to make. You know, you make it sound so easy, yet often <laughs> I, <laughs> I literally get stuck in that copywriting headspace of, oh, this none of this is making sense. Is there any key suggestions that you have for someone writing copy? Yeah, I mean, I think the biggest, the biggest. The biggest one is to like record yourself to, you know, to, to have a chat with someone else and um, have them ask you questions about your product. Like who's it for and um, what's good about it and uh, what am I going to get out of it? And you literally just talk to them and you'll babble like I'm babbling a little bit now and then record that, get it revved, get it transcribed and you'll, there'll be some gems in there and you'll, some real 
idioms and expressions that only you use. You know, we've all got little weird phrases and terms of phrase. Those are the things you need to put into your copy. So it's really essentially very you. It's not vanilla. I think the worst thing people can do is, you know, have someone else's sales page up and try and not, not copy it, but go like, oh, they've got this. I should have this. They've got this. You know, and they're reading their language and it just doesn't sound like you. Because, you know, when someone buys from you, whatever you're selling, ultimately they're probably going to connect with you. Yeah. So someone buys my course, they're then doing my course. They're going to see a hundred videos of me. They're going to hear my voice for hours. If it's not the same experience on the sales page, it's going to be a disconnect. Like, mm, true. So I try and make my sales page almost like very me. Like I think the first line on my page is like SEO is a giant pain in the bum, isn't it? You know, now that will not appeal to everybody. It won't appeal to your super straight business person, but I don't want them because they're going to hate the course. They're going to hate me and they're going to leave unhappy. And it's something I say all the time, becoming a bit of a mantra, but good marketing, good sales is as much about repelling as it is about attracting. I want people who want me mm. because then they're going to be happy with me. I don't want people who are a bit indecisive and they're thinking like, well, I'm not sure. She doesn't seem that I go away. Don't, I don't want you because you'll end up being the customer that hates the experience. And then I have to have awful emotional time with you. And then you'll go away and, and say bad things about me. So do you know what I mean? Oh, cut, them, absolutely. Cut, them, cut them out quick, get rid of them quick and just get the people who really want you, you know? Yeah, that's it. And I think I often tell clients like, don't be, don't be fearful of people dropping off your email list. Like don't be scared of people writing comments that aren't necessarily positive. Like if they're not your people, they're not your people. Like, no. And it's how you respond to them. I mean, God, the number of trolls I've had over the years, you've written awful things on my wall, but now I'm like, thank you. Thank you so much. You've just given me a brilliant piece of social media content because how I respond to you, you know, a thousand people will read your comment. 3000 people will read my reply. You know, mm -hmm. it's that, it's that terrible review that gets left on TripAdvisor. It's how the hotel owner responds that makes you decide whether you're going to stay there or not. Because we all know that people write stupid things and in a heat of emotion. But if mm -hmm. the, if the person owns it, if they're honest, if they handle it with grace, um, it can actually be more of a sales, but sales point than you think it will, you know? Absolutely. It really shows true character, doesn't it? It does. Definitely. So tell me a little bit about like your book. You've written a book. The Bit Entrepreneur, which is a cool title. Love that. So tell <laughs> yeah. me a little bit about the book. Well, I, I guess, you know, I don't embrace the phrase entrepreneur warmly. I feel a bit ick about it because, you know, usually it's some dude lying on a Porsche counting cash, you know, um, and I'm quite scruffy. As I said, I don't, I've never had a business plan. I'm quite an emotional business person. I'm not particularly logical or rational. Is that, should I say that? Um, so I really wanted to write a book that was like, look, you can earn six figures, seven figures without doing all these things that you're supposed to do without, you know, having the workspace with bean bags, without having a business plan, without, without any of that stuff. Cause I've done it. Here's how I did it. And it's got advice in it and tips and little exercises, but it's, it's, it's funny. It's not a proper, it's, I would say it's not a proper business book. It's not, it's business light. You know, it's a good read. Like, a lot of people read it read it in a day. Do you know what I mean? Cause they're just like, it's a giggle. It's fun, but there are useful insights in there as well. Um, and also I just wanted to write a book cause it's pretty exciting when they come and you get to smell them. They smell good. Um, and it, you know, it's a tangible, mm. I made this thing. Look at it. It's beautiful. But now I'm trying to write my next book, um, which is going to be called be more shark. I'll just introduce my little shark here. Oh. You can't see this on the podcast. Um, awesome. 
So I'm writing, the next book's going to be about uh, business bravery and, and the fears and stuff that we have around business and how to overcome those. So a lot of the things we've been talking about today, you know, the, the FOMO, the comparisonitis, the, you know, imposter syndrome, the copycats, all that kind of stuff that holds us back from being more sharp and just attacking our business and getting things done. Is there any one of those that has been a key thing for you to be able to overcome? I think the um, worrying about competitors, not necessarily comparing myself, but just more feeling that people are nipping at my heels. So, you know, I make a thing and then a couple of months later, someone else makes pretty much essentially the same thing. Or, you know, someone does my course and then they launch a very similar course to mine. And, it, you know, you know, it's, it's hard. Yeah. I, I've, I have big, I have communities of copywriters, for example, and, you know, some of the people in my community, they're also launching their own communities, but they're in my community. They're launching templates. They have resources, courses, podcasts, all similar to mine, you know? And it's like, it feels a bit, ugh, no, but then I've just so realized I wasted a lot of time and emotion worrying about that. But you know, the truth is there is enough to go around. I know that's so cliched. And also I can't have everybody. Do you know mm. what I mean? I can't. I, and some and people just only have the clients that didn't want you and you didn't want them. Exactly. And you know, some people just aren't going to like my style, like my voice, like the way I look, that's perfectly fine. Um, and of, often, you know, I run a podcast with, with my friend Belinda and you know, she has exactly the same offering as I do memberships, courses. She's building up to have exactly pretty much what I have. And that could be a bit threatening. But some people love Belinda on that podcast and they don't like me very much. And some people love me and they're not so crazy about Belinda. But some people like us both and buy both our things. Mm. So, and the truth is as well, no matter how much I dislike it or feel threatened by it or get upset by it, there's nothing I can do about it. I can't stop. I can't go to the competitor and say, stop. I can't. So it's easy. I just have to get over it. So yeah. the quicker I can get over it, the better. So now I just do not look. I'm on no one's list. I'm in no one's group. You know, I don't want to know. And even when people sometimes send me stuff and go, hey, look, this is like the exact copy off your sales page. And they've got it on their page. I'm like, have at it. Good on them. You know, I'll write a new sales page. Great. You've inspired me. My sales page is now going to be even better. Or I'll just go, what's the chances of both people seeing both sales pages? Who cares? Life's too short. Yeah. So that's my biggest Definitely. thing, I think. Yeah. But it's a hard one. Believe me, yeah. a hard one. Like a daily challenge. <laughs> it is. It is. It is. Most definitely. I think too, for very much so for people starting out, we often fill our social medias with other people that do what we do. And then it gets mm. you that comparison mode all the time. Mm. And you think that what you're putting out is actually the same as what everybody else is putting out. But when you actually really tap into exactly how you do it, you'll deliver always something different and you'll be able to, like you were saying before, connect with the right people that want to work with you and you'll do it in a way that they needed to hear for it to be able yes. to. And that's the thing. That's why it's so important that you bring as much of you into your marketing as possible so that people are making a choice. They're choosing you because you're not vanilla. You know, they've got six other vanilla options to choose from and you are mint choc chip and you're proudly mint choc chip. And if people don't like mint choc chip, fine, go with one of vanilla people. But if you try to be all things to all people and then there is no choice. There's no point of differentiation and they will choose your competitor. You know, people are going to choose the person that clicks with them. So you have to give them some things to click on. You know, yeah. that's, that's the point, I think. Yeah. Love that. It's awesome advice. So has it been, what's been one of your proudest moments over the 10 years of being an entrepreneur? 
Um, I think I, I had a moment. I, I don't know if you've heard of Robert Gerrish. He runs Flying Solo, the um, solopreneur community. Um, he's a lovely man. <laughs> I think I've read that book. Yes. Yeah. Yes, he's got a few books. Yeah. Um, but he once said to me, you know, imagine you're on, you're on stage and everyone's clapping you and you're being handed an award. What is it for? Yeah. And he said, this is a really good way of getting clarity on what you, you want your business. And at the time, I think I said it was for, you know, writing a young adult novel or something, which is something I would love to do, but later in life. But then recently I was on stage. Everyone was clapping. I wasn't being handed an award. I was being handed, I think, a bag of crisps or something. But it was at my conference, the copywriting conference. It was the end of the day. You know, I was bringing all the speakers on stage and my team came up and they had a present for me and they were saying thank you. And the whole room stood up and clapped for me. And it was like, I did this, this huge venue, packed with people, for all these people. To, I did this and I don't know anything about events. And I only, what am I doing? But it was, I had a nice outfit on as well. So I felt, <laughs> I felt glamorous. It was just, that was awesome. So that was a really proud moment. You know, it was wonderful. Awesome. It must make all of those hard days that you just so sick of talking about SEO and copywriting <laughs> all worthwhile. <laughs> Yeah, I think but there's tiny moments as well, and I'm sure you have them too. So that was a big glamorous moment. But even sometimes someone will just send me a little Facebook message saying, you know, I just read your entire book while sitting in the bath. The water's cold and, and it made me cry and laugh and thank you so much for writing it. And that can be a moment where you go, boom, you know, wow, thank you. That's pretty awesome. You know, so little things like that can be pretty impressive as well, I think. Awesome. And so you mentioned you've got a couple of kids and you're married and you've got three podcasts on the go and a couple of online courses and like, oh my God, like there's so much that you offer. Um, how do you juggle all of that? Is there, what do you, how? Yes. <laughs> Good question. I, I only have one child and, and a man child, which is my husband and a dog, but still, um, I, I struggle, you know, it's, it's, there's no work-life balance. People make that up. You know, I have good weeks where I'm a brilliant mum and I'm making perfect packed lunches and nutritional dinners and the house is clean. And then I have other weeks where it's not, you know. Um, I have weeks where I'm really efficient with my business and everything's smooth. And then others where I'm literally finishing things two minutes before they were due. Um, I do now have a virtual assistant and she does handle a lot of the kind of day-to-day -day emails because with so many people on so many courses, there's always going to be, you know, X amount of people a day who can't log in or who can't. So she handles a lot of that. Um, I work quite hard. You know, I was a project manager. I'm pretty good at organizing my time. And I'm very good now at doing what's the most important thing, you know. So, you know, today I've had so, so little time. I had one thing I really needed to do. And I did that first. I ate that frog, as they say. You know, I do the horrible thing first. Um, but it's it's difficult. I have a lot of tools. I use Asana and Slack. I track my time with Toggle. Um, I'm disciplined. I come to my office. I don't get up and go and do washing. And you know, anything. I bring my lunch to my office. I sit in my little office. You know, I, I make the maximum time. And then in the evening, I do like fun things like social media. So I use the day for deep work, and I do light work when I'm distracted. But it, it, it's a challenge and, it, and I, I don't want to make it sound like I'm sitting in a hammock and doing nothing. It's, it's, it's a challenge. And now it's a lot easier than it was. A couple of years ago when I was still full-time copywriting and building all this stuff and had like a six-year-old, five-year-old, it was pretty miserable. Um, so, you know, I think a lot of people come to me and go, oh, you know, I wish I could do everything you do and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, okay, well, here's what it's going to take. You know, you, are you up for that? And they're like, 
oh yeah no I'm not you know I'm really not and there are days I see people in my groups you know and and they're like oh yeah I mean I'm not feeling up to it today so I'm just going to go and watch some Netflix I'm like do you not think I would love to watch some Netflix of course I would I'd love to just stop now go and have a foot massage but I don't you know I'm I'm disciplined I have a bit of willpower and that's made the difference for me you know so yeah is there anything that you do for yourself that helps keep you sane Oh yeah. I mean, I have an awful lot of free time. It sounds like I'm working like a beast, but you know, I don't start till nine and I finish at three and, and I have my weekends. Yeah. You know, I, I walk my dog, I listen to podcasts, I go swimming, I have massages, hang out with my mates, all this, all the normal stuff. Um, you know, but I pack a lot into that nine to three, you know, when I'm working, I am working, mm. you know, I, even though I'm on social media a lot, I'm there for a reason. I'm not there to just like look at pictures of cats and, you know, things like that I'm there to get stuff done um but yeah I I treat myself very well I do look after myself um (laughs) you know so you mentioned there's not necessarily things that you don't necessarily make big plans and content plans and all of that sort of thing but is there any way that you do plan goals like you obviously mentioned before you do have you did have some yearly goals how do you go about creating targets or goals for what you want to create well, you know, last year I kind of pulled a figure out of my bottom and just said it'd be pretty cool if I could hit that, eh, wouldn't it? And that, that, that's me setting a goal. This year I'm like, it'd be pretty cool if I could do that again. So that's, that's my financial planning done. <laughs> uh, about, about two years ago I said, wouldn't it be great if I could get like 2,000 followers on Instagram? That would be brilliant, wouldn't it? And then I, I did nothing on Instagram for two years and did lots of other things. As soon as I give myself a goal, I'll do anything to avoid it. So... What I do more is think about how do I want this year to look like? What do I, what do I want to do this year? And like last year I said it was all about connection and public speaking. For me next year I really want to do some overseas stuff. So my, my word for next year is global, which sounds really, wank, really wanky. But I'm <laughs> heading to the, to the Netherlands to speak and to New York to speak in awesome. February and March. And I want to, want to do a couple more. So that's as far as I go. And then a lot of it is I just want to keep on keeping on, you know, like – I don't need some big, huge goal that's going to become, make me miserable when I don't hit it. I just want to be able to get up each day and enjoy coming into my office. You know, that's for me, that's a huge goal to mm. enjoy your job and to make money from it and to make, help people and make them happy. That's, those are pretty good goals, I think. Mm. And bloody fair oath. enough. Yeah. Bloody oath. I love that. <laughs> so Aussie. Bloody oath. <laughs> so tell me a little bit about how you delved into the whole world of creating some passive income how did that come about well I, I started off with being a copywriter and I had I had a document I came from agency life and in agency life you know everything's templated you have copy deck templates financial templates and when I left I took a lot of that with me not not kind of stealing because it's you know all agencies have them you collect them over the years so I had this thing called a copy deck which is like what what agency copywriters put all the copy for say a website in so everything's in one document it's well formatted it's got an index and a cover sounds really obvious doesn't it but I started to find that other copywriters were just throwing together stuff times new roman the font sizes are all different and they looked really ugly so it made people focus on the format not the words because they couldn't understand it Mm. so I had this copy deck thing and I was talking about it and saying oh this is awesome and people like can I have a copy so I'd be giving people away my template and I was like, I, I could charge, I could charge 10 bucks for this. Why don't I charge 10 bucks for this? So I made a little shop on my site and started selling it for 10 bucks. And then I was like, oh, I could, I could make another one, couldn't I, for blog posts. Maybe I could do one for press releases and it's got a sample in there and it just grew from there. And, and I think I've sold about 3000 copies of that copy deck now to copywriters all over the world. Um, 
And then from there, you know, I was like, oh, I've got a shop. Maybe I could have like a directory of copywriters and little pictures and stuff. And then I could have a membership group and then I could sell them because they're going to want stuff. So I'll make some courses on stuff um, and then they'll want events. So I'll do some local events and then I'll make a conference. And so it just grows like that, you know, mm. and only really only those templates are purely passive because I made them once and I don't often have to update them. Um, they just sit there. The courses, there's they are anything but passive, you know, uh, that maintaining them, but really it's the support. So when people buy my course, they are buying the course materials, but what they're really buying is me for three months to be in the group, to answer their questions, there's coaching calls, there's Q and A that takes time, not a huge amount of time, but it does take time. Um, so it's not purely passive. And the other thing of course, is you have to market it all constantly. You know, people don't just turn up and want to buy your stuff. You have to get them there. Uh, but, there's potential to earn a lot more, obviously, because you're not selling one-to-one, -one, you're selling one-to-many. And so, you know, that's what really shifted in my business from that year-to-year -year thing of earning five times more was just really giving up. I don't do any one-on-one -on -one services anymore now. No copywriting, no SEO. And I don't even do very many consults. Like you can't, very few, I won't really offer, like you can buy an hour of me. Because I it, honestly, like that's a whole hour of out of my day. What could I do with that hour? I could help fifty people rather than just that one person. So how do you put a price on that? So yeah, it's just mm. really making sure that every bit of my day hits as many people as possible, helps as many people as possible. I mean, sort of not hit, help. Mm. Yeah, helps. <laughs> yeah. So what do you think that you do differently that makes you successful? Oh, I don't know. Can I answer that for myself? I don't know. Um, I think I'm quite enthusiastic. I think I have a sense of, I think I'm funny. I don't know if anybody else does, but I think I bring a lot of humor into my business. Um, I'm consistent. I'm not consistent in terms of, you know, regularity and being organized, but I turn up, you know, I really do turn up. I don't cancel things. I don't, you know, if I say I'm going to do something, I will really do it, which is often why I say I'm going to do stuff on social media. So then I have to follow through. So well, I, I'm, declaration. yeah, I don't know. Is, is it called welching? I don't welch. Is welch a word? That's an Australian word, isn't it? I don't know. I just make, <laughs> I just make a word up. I don't, I don't, I don't mess around. Do you know what I mean? I get things done. I do things quickly. I don't, I don't second guess myself either. So like, you know, I think a lot of people worry so much about how they put themselves forward in business, about the post that they check it 17 times for typos. Is it right? Ask their friends. Should I post it? Oh my God. By then I've posted 60 things. Yeah. Half of them have offended someone. One's got a typo. The other one I posted in the wrong place with the wrong graphic on the wrong day. It doesn't matter. People have scrolled on by. No one's mm. looking. No one cares. Just, just crack on. That's, that's mm. my thing. What's the worst that can happen? That's, mm. that's a that should almost, be my mantra. Yeah. It's almost like stop thinking about what everyone else thinks, you know, thinks of, thinks of you and just do it. Yeah. Be more shark. There mm. you go. Be yeah. more shark. shark. A shark doesn't wake up in the morning and worry about what people think of it. It just is a shark. It just does shark stuff all day. No questions. We should all be more shark. That's my mantra. Love it. Great segue. For the book. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> I did it. So last couple of questions. So, What's been one of your biggest failures and what did you learn from it? Um, oh, there's been heaps. Uh, I got very much in debt with the, with the tax office by just being stupid. Uh, that was one. So I learned not to be stupid. One 
bit of advice I give everybody in business is they should get a decent accountant from day dot and they should get zero or whatever platform QuickBooks, but I like zero um, from day dot. Like even when you've earned 50 bucks, still plan your money. Money is what will kill your business. So plan. I really am a big fan of profit first as well. So I'm very careful about my money now. And the other things would be the usual stuff. You know, you launch a workshop, you sell one place and you're like, this is embarrassing. And then you have to cancel it. But all those things, it's just been like, we'll run it again. And then you'll sell five places. And even if you sell five, those five people are going to love it because mm -hmm. there's only five of them and they're going to get loads of you and they're going to tell their friends and then you'll sell 10. So, and obviously I've had a few faux pas online where I posted embarrassing stuff or offensive stuff or things that I didn't think would be offensive. Um, I think that's it. I fell on, I fell over on stage at an event. That was fun. Um, yeah, I think that's about it really. <laughs> so many, so many, but it, I can't remember them. So they clearly weren't that bad. Yeah. You know? yeah. But I think too, it's also the way that you think about, about failures or about things not working. It's actually not something that completely stops you in your tracks. You kind of just keep going. You do. I mean, I'd say the saddest failures or the things in business that hurt the most are when relationships or partnerships break down so you know when for whatever reason someone that you're working with or, or, the, or was a customer or in any way and it goes south and it's not and it for whatever reason you can't get that back those would be some of the saddest things because you can't be in business for 10 years without having a few people not like you mm. you know what I mean for whatever reason so those would be my saddest things to the couple of people I've lost along the way um but generally other than that um it's you know it all kind of works out in the end you know I'm still here. Mm. Still here. Still here. Still here. Still here. <laughs> so you mentioned that you were working on your fear of public speaking and you went out and you just gung ho went and did as many as you could. Is there anything mm. you're working on for yourself for 2019? Um, I think, I think I really need to get my head back in the game a little bit. I want to, I, I want to optimize everything that I have. Um, I really, I'm actually going to hire someone. Oh my God, I'm going to yeah. spend some money. I'm actually going to hire a company to look at my whole business um, and just see what they can do to make it better. Because I don't track or measure anything. I don't use, you know, I have Google Analytics, but I don't, I don't look at convert. Like if you ask me what my conversion rate is for X, I'd have no idea. What's my ROI for this? I don't know. How much money did I make? That I don't know. Um, because it's all going well. So I'm just like, it's going well. Why do I care? But, you know, I think it'd be interesting to get someone else's perspective, however painful it will be. And they go, actually, the way you do this is dumb. You should do this. And I, I need to hear that. Like I need someone else's opinion. It's I, I'm going to hate every living second of it because I love to think I know what I'm doing, but that's my focus to really optimize what I have, not make anything new, just make what I have work as efficiently as possible. Um, that's my plan. Mm. And to travel the world, speaking at events. That's world it. domination. World dom apart from that, just world domination. Yeah, just a bit of world <laughs> domination. Going to sprinkle that in. No, and just to continue having fun, really, yeah. and to enjoy my business. Because I can't think of anything else to do. So I'm stuck with, no one would employ me now. I'm stuck doing this. So I've really got to try and keep it enjoyable. That's my plan, really. Mm. Yeah, keep that balance in flow. That's awesome. Mm. Love it. So last question. If you had um, two in a two-parter, so what's some of the best advice you've ever been given in regards to business and what advice would you give someone who is in business that's possibly having a hard time and wanting to get to that 10-year successful stage? I think 
the best advice is, you know, would, would probably be you can only do what you can do, which I know that sounds really silly, but I think we all put an awful lot of pressure on ourselves to do all the things and to be everywhere. And we look at people who are far down the game. We don't know what's behind the scenes. We don't know their financial situation. And, you know, they look like they're doing this amazing stuff, but you, you, they could be miserable. So I think we put too much pressure on ourselves. We can only do what we can do. And usually it's enough, you know, so that's pretty twee but I think it's important to take mm. that pressure off yourself because you, you make yourself miserable. And then when you're miserable, you're not productive. And then it's, you're doing even less than you could usually do. Um, and I think for someone who's struggling and I, I think, you know, you need to really look at why you're struggling and what you want to achieve. And you need to give yourself a time period because look, running your own business isn't for everybody. That's why everyone isn't doing it. It is really hard. It's, you have to be brave. You have to be resourceful. You have to be good at so many different things, you know, beyond what your actual core skill set is, you know, become an accountant, a marketer, a diplomat, a speaker. It's, it's really hard. Um, so I think you have to enjoy the process. I don't know if you've read the book, um, The Subtle Art of Not Giving a F. Um, mm -hmm. Love it. And, and, you know, he talks about how you've got to enjoy the process not always be thinking about the end results and mm. um, you know someone who wins marathons enjoys running mm. you know if you don't enjoy running you're never going to win a marathon so if you don't enjoy the boring repetitiveness of opening emails reconciling your zero posting things on hootsuite if you don't enjoy that then you're never going to get the end result because that is the process so i think that would be my advice make sure that you really enjoy the process and you're not just doing this because you think it would be cool because a lot of the time running your own business is hard and boring. Um, sometimes it's great, but a lot of the time it's just pretty hard and boring. And I think people forget that, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Right. We see the, the, the end result or we see the beautiful images on Instagram. And you think that's what it's like. It's actually a crock of, you know, <laughs> crock of, you know, it surely is bloody oath. As you said earlier, you know, <laughs> absolutely well i want to thank you so much for your time today and your insights and your humor and just your realness i just love how you really don't care and it's more about just being real and honest i think it's awesome so thank you thank you well, it's been an honor to be on your podcast and, and thank you very much for having me oh it's been a pleasure thank you so much thank you for listening and i hope you enjoyed today's episode of the next level life podcast I'd love to hear any takeaways that you've had from today's episode, so please share with me on Instagram and Facebook. And if you feel so moved, please pass this episode on to any friends or family that you feel may benefit from it. Looking forward to speaking with you next week, and here's to taking your life to the next level.